BBC Radio Berkshire with Andrew Peach. Morning. Uh, so the row continues over a new school which has so long been required in the south of the Wokium Borough. Uh, parents had talked about a free school to create more places and shorter school journeys in that part of our area. They were talking about that opening by 2016. Wokium Borough Council initially supported that idea but are now saying they want to open their own school instead. Just before the local elections, we had the local politicians taking your calls, answering your questions in the studio, and when the guys from Wokium are here, this, of course, is one of the subjects that came up. So have a listen to Liberal Democrat Prue Bray clashing with Conservative David Lee about this. The Arborfield School has been on the cards for about at least 10 years, I think. The, the Conservatives had supposedly a secondary vision in 2005, which was talking about it. Hasn't got anywhere. Um... I feel very sorry for the group of parents that were uh, felt they were being encouraged by the council to put forward their free school proposal, only to find uh, recently the council coming out and saying, no, 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 we're going to have an academy. I think it's going to be a push to organise a school and get it built by 2016, which is when they promised it by... David Lee for the Conservatives. September 2016, a new secondary school will be open in the south of the Berra, in the Arborfield area. It will be open in September 16. We have built three new primary schools in record time by last September to accommodate... One of them didn't open. Uh, and you know exactly why it didn't open, Prue. It didn't open because it was ready for opening and the Secretary of State had not signed off so we could not no. take admissions. Please do not try to make political gain out of children's <sighs> education. For goodness The school sake. was ready to open. We also have two and primary schools being built. There were three schools we in exactly the same situation. Two of them opened, one of them didn't. Prue, the one that's in you my ward, know exactly, Prue, you know exactly what the reason was. Yes, I've just and told I you. I have never tried to make political gain or disrespect. <laughs> we are building two new primary schools in each of the SDLs, the, uh, the strategic development locations, to accommodate the children there. And we will build a new secondary school. By September, it will open in September 2016 in Arborfield. David Lee, Conservative, with Prue Bray, Liberal Democrat, in our local election debate about this. This is Jill now. Jill Purchase from the South of Wokium Free School Group, whose efforts have been disappointed to, to set up a free school in that neck of the woods. Hi, Jill. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. you I know you've made a complaint about this. Talk me through what's happened <clears throat> from your point of view. Well, we were told by the council on several occasions, meetings in August, October and December, we are waiting for the minutes for those meetings, that if you want a school, build it yourselves. So we got together a group of parents and we got to the advanced stages of a free school bid, appointing an education partner to do the technical development of the ethos and the curriculum. Wokingham Borough Council said, OK, fine, uh, we're going to put our own school in the same place at the same time so we don't need a free school. We have put in freedom of information requests we have sent letters addressing our concerns to councillors who are paid over £15,000 a year who have not responded to those letters. And we also had councillors set up a rival bid to our free school. If, I mean, if the council is going to set up a school, that, that surely meets the basic thing that you want, a school in the area, doesn't it? To, to an extent, yes, it does. But I think it's completely arrogant for them to say, well, we've put three schools in the area, so a secondary school in 2016 is not going to be a problem. It's a completely different ballgame, as we know from speaking to the DSE and our education partners. It is a totally different process. It's very complex. We do not feel that Wokingham Borough Council are going to deliver that school on time. Right, so you, you're not saying, you know, that you object to them running the school or it'll be no good or anything like that. You're just doubting whether they'll actually do it. 
absolutely. We just do not have confidence that they will do it. We think they said it as a pre-election ploy. Um, they haven't even set up a working group yet to start sort of the development of the secondary school. This school has got to open in 18 months' time. They haven't got a site. They haven't got an education provider. And we know from uh, looking up and down the country that local authorities who want to set up a school in 2016 are already appointing an education provider to work with. Working Borough Council haven't even put pen to paper to say what the ethos, ethos of that school is going right. to be. So, and of course you've done a fair bit of work on thinking about what your school might be like and to be told you can't have it, it must be frustrating. This is what they say this morning. Uh, they say they're, they're sorry you feel dissatisfied. They understand uh, it's all being referred to the Ombudsman um, and until that's finished it wouldn't be appropriate for them to talk on the radio about it. Once things are resolved they'll be more than happy to do so. So what, think, what's I the complaint process, Sir Jill? Well, I think that's utter rubbish. You know, they could put forward someone to talk about this. You know, again, they're hiding behind whatever legislation they want to. Um, the process now is that we have enough evidence to go to the local government ombudsman to say that, you know, this has been handled very, very badly um, and it's completely out of order. They are playing games with our children's education and that's not acceptable. Um, you know, if they fail to deliver this school, which we, we suspect they will not deliver it on time, then maybe we can start showing that they failed in a duty of care and this is all building up the evidence to show that we address this issue at the very beginning. Jill, thank you. More coming later on this. It's at 27 after seven the next you know we talked for very very many years about the need for a school in arborfield we're still talking about it and the row continues parents wanted to build a free school and now Wokingborough borough council says no you're not having a free school we're going to build a school there Here's Jill Purchase, who's from the South of Wokingham Free School Group. They've now made an official complaint about all this to the local government ombudsman. And Jill told me on the show earlier she doesn't think the council will be able to build their school in time. I think it's completely arrogant for them to say, well, we've put three schools in the area, so a secondary school in 2016 is not going to be a problem. It's a completely different ballgame, as we know from speaking to the DfE and our education partners. It is a totally different process. It's very complex. We do not feel that Wokingham Borough Council are going to deliver that school on time. Right, so you, you're not saying, you know, that you object to them running the school or it'll be no good or anything like that. You're just doubting whether they'll actually do it. Absolutely. We just do not have confidence that they will do it. We think they said it as a pre-election ploy. Um, they haven't even set up a working group yet to start sort of the development of the secondary school. This school has got to open in 18 months' time. They haven't got a site. They haven't got an education provider. And we know from uh, looking up and down the country that local authorities who want to set up a school in 2016 are already appointing an education provider to work with. Working Borough Council haven't even put pen to paper to say what the ethos, ethos of that school is going right. to be. So, and of course you've done a fair bit of work on thinking about what your school might be like and to be told you can't have it, it must be frustrating. This is what they say this morning. Uh, they say they're, they're sorry you feel dissatisfied. They understand uh, it's all being referred to the Ombudsman um, and until that's finished it wouldn't be appropriate for them to talk on the radio about it. Once things are resolved they'll be more than happy to do so. So what, think, what's I the complaint process, Sir Jill? Well, I think that's utter rubbish. You know, they could put forward someone to talk about this. You know, again, they're hiding behind whatever legislation they want to. Um, the process now is that we have enough evidence to go to the local government ombudsman to say that, you know, this has been handled very, very badly um, and it's completely out of order. They are playing games with our children's education and that's not acceptable. Um, you know, if they fail to deliver this school, which we, we suspect they will not deliver it on time, then maybe we can start showing that they failed in a duty of care and this is all building up the evidence to show that we address this issue at the very beginning. Still purchase from the group of working parents who wanted to set up a free school. Here's Prue Bray, who's the opposition leader on Wokingham Borough Council, Liberal Democrat. Hello, Prue. Good morning, Andrew. We spoke about this in our local election debate a couple of weeks ago. What's your take on what's happened here? 
Well, I, I feel sorry for Jill, I think, as I said at the time, because the council has messed her about. But I also feel a bit sorry for the council officers because they can only do what the um, administration tells them to. So the administration might have been telling them to go down the free school route and now have decided it wants uh, an academy inste instead. But why have they done that? Uh, In I, your view, anyway. I, I would suspect... Um, that they have been dithering about and not really making a decision. Um, we've, we've had um, the three primary schools built. I think the, the prospect of building a secondary school in the same time frame is a bit uh, optimistic. I think perhaps they are finally concentrating their minds on what they should be doing, having spent years dithering about trying to decide. Right. So, I mean, we, we, we all get that we need a school in that part of the borough because there are young people doing very long journeys to school there. Do you think the council will be able to deliver the school that's being promised by 2016? I think it's going to be very difficult. Uh, when they delivered the primary schools that David Lee um, kept going on about, primary schools are tiny compared to secondary schools, and they already had the sites in their own ownership for, for the primary schools. It's a very much more complicated process. What I'm worried about is even if they did manage to deliver the schools, which I don't think they can, doing it in such a hurry with such a complicated thing, it might not, we might not get what we actually need. So there's more to this than just, will it be ready on time? Will the right thing be ready on time, I think? Um, Prue, as, stay with us. Let's talk about another big story that's around today. Read a couple of headlines. The Guardian, Lib Dem chaos as cable denies anti-Clegg plot. Daily Mail, Lib Dems in meltdown like rats in a sack. The touchy-feely party turn on themselves and their leader in one of their most poisonous days in modern politics. What do you think of what's happening? Oh, Daily Mail attacks the Liberal Democrats. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> what I think is that people like Matthew Oakeshott, if you look at the history, he has never been been happy with Nick Clegg as leader. Um, he has continually done this kind of thing. There is a small faction in the party who's more interested in that than they are in um, sorting out what we're doing, working hard as councillors, as MPs, as ministers, telling people about our achievements. That's what we ought to be doing. So you're, you're perfectly happy with Nick Clegg? You think he's doing a brilliant I, job? I think this is a monumental distraction. Uh, and most of the party is not interested in this sort of thing. We are interested in getting on with the job. We're in government, we're running councils, we're being councillors, you know, we're working hard for our communities, and I think we're pretty annoyed yeah. in, uh, at this all going With all that fine work going on, why, why have you been so comprehensively rejected by the electorate in the last week? Well, think? in Wokingham, I'm not sure that we have been. <laughs> you, get, you get the point that I'm making across I, the of country. I get the point you're making, uh, uh, Andrew, and I think... Um, it's more complicated than just Liberal Democrats rejected. This is about the position of a third party in a coalition government. It's about what's going on with UKIP, um, messages that are coming across. And, and all three parties um, didn't do as well as they would have liked, all the three main parties in the last right. election. No, we have come off worse. We've got fewer resources. We've got um, a great deal less money. And I think one of the things I'm most cross about with Matthew Oakeshott is he spent money on polling against his own leader when some of that money could have gone to our campaign and helped save some of Let's look at it from a totally pragmatic point of view then, Prue. We've got a general election coming up in less than a year um, and a deputy prime minister, your leader, who, you know, whatever we think, isn't popular. We have to accept he's not a popular politician. You would get a bounce if you swapped to Vince Cable or Tim Farron or someone else, wouldn't you? I have no idea whether we would get a bounce or not. What I do know is it probably wouldn't make any difference to what we could do because we are, as you've just said, in government, in coalition with the Conservatives, um, with the leader who's a Deputy Prime Minister and who's constrained 
by those circumstances. So I, I think it would be, you know, it, it, it's a, just a monumental distraction. Okay, and you, you don't feel like a sort of, you know, a, a, a soldier about to sort of, you know, w- walk over the trenches. No. As you as you get you know get into campaigning for next year. No, no I don't. Okay, uh, thank you. That's Prue Bray, who's a Liberal Democrat in Wokingham. Here's the former Newbury MP David Rendell, uh, Liberal Democrat National Executive Member as well at the time the coalition was formed. Hi, David. Hi. Yes. You, yes. you always said it was a bad idea. Always said the coalition was a bad idea. Oh, but that was for a very particular reason that I felt that we should have a proportional representation as part of any agreement we made with any other party. We ne- desperately need to get to a proper system of representation in our government, otherwise we're never going to have good government of whatever party's in charge. What, what do you make of what's happening at the top of your party now, where, you know, s- senior figures, we can't say they're anything other than that, senior figures are in open warfare with each other? <laughs> well, I, I think what you can't say is that they're in open warfare with each other. Our party is a very democratic party, and it always takes its time to deliberate over policy, over people, over positions, over all sorts of things. And uh, we will take our time and we will discuss all those things in good time. Right. Well, what do you think? Is there any, any um, merit or value in the, the idea of a change of leadership before the general election? Well, that's one of the uh, things that obviously is being discussed amongst the party members and will continue to be discussed. But Prue is absolutely right that that is something that we just get on with in our own way, right. in our own time. But meanwhile, all the members of the party are working for the benefits of the people of the country as best they can in their own areas. That's what we've always done. That's what we will continue but, to do. But what do you think, David? Because you, you've always been very upfront and honest and open when you don't think your party's doing the right thing. So what do you think about the leadership? Uh, what I think about the leadership is that uh, member, as a member of the federal executive of our party, we will discuss uh, that and other uh, things at our next meeting of the FE. That's not happened yet. And I certainly don't intend to say publicly what I think about the leadership or the policies or anything else until we've had a chance to discuss that in the federal executive. I don't really get that, though. Well, you, you obviously will have thoughts about it. You, you're an intelligent guy. You're, you're close to all of this kind of stuff. Well, why, why, why wouldn't you share them with us? You're being incredibly flattering, Andrew, which is very kind of you. <laughs> but I, I intend to... Normally works. <laughs> well, this time it's not going to. Uh, uh, no, seriously, on, on this occasion, I think that the federal executive needs to have to take its time to discuss these matters, and it would be quite wrong of me to say in advance of a discussion that among the federal executive members uh, what I think about uh, this or any other matter. You, you, I mean, you at least acknowledge that a change of leader is possible. I mean, you're, you're not ruling that out. No, of course a change of leader is possible. That's always possible at any time. And uh, under our constitution, a change of leader uh, can, or at least a vote on a possible change of leader, because, of course, he might stand again if there was an election for a new leader. He could always stand again. But the, vote on, the possibility of a vote on the change of leader is something which, our, uh, under our constitution, can be forced on the party by a certain number of uh, different um, individual associations of the party, that's to say the constituencies, uh, deciding to have such a vote. So it seems to me, and you, you tell me if I'm wrong here, it seems to me you're, you're going to be decimated when it comes to the general election. You're going to lose a lot of seats, although you could well uh, remain in the same position you are now with a balance of power by forming a coalition with one of the other parties after it. Uh, firstly, I think you're quite wrong to say that we're necessarily going to lose a lot of seats. I think what tends to happen in general elections is that the incumbent has a, a big advantage, obviously, and in the seats that we hold, particularly the seats that we hold where the Conservatives are our main opposition, I think most people in the end will decide that it's a hell of a lot better to have us in place than to, have a, a, to replace us with a Conservative member. Um, so I don't think we will necessarily lose a lot of seats. I think we may lose some. We may gain some in areas, for example, where the Conservatives lose a lot of votes to UKIP, uh, we may pick up some seats from the Conservatives, okay. as we've done in local government. So, 
that's not impossible either. So I, th I think you're quite wrong to predict that we will necessarily have a wipeout. We may do well, we may do badly. It's a hell of a lot too soon to discuss that and, and to even to forecast that. David, thank you. David Rendell, former Lib Dem MP for Newbury. Now